All right. Well, good morning, BE3 Nation. We've got a really cool um, Happy Realtor podcast coming to you guys today. And we have a special guest, Andy Simmons, with us. And as always, I'm Jeff Beggins. And you've got two of our other co-hosts. Craig Beggins and Mike Puma. And this is unique. We've got a special breed with us today. And it's Andy. And I'll just do a quick overview and then I'll turn it over to you for a, a better overview, kind of the story of Andy, because I think it's going to be extremely inspiring to a lot of agents who can see their career kind of turn with a phone call, right? And life change and a lot of different things happen just from kind of being real and being a cool person. So I, I love the story here. Well, let me so, comment on that because I think one of the things we're going through this pandemic is you have two choices in life. You have hope and despair. And we want to encourage the, you to be hopeful because really amazing things can and will happen to you when you are hopeful. And um, I think just to hear a story like this, this could happen to you and the surge that's coming, but you got to be engaged and that's the key. So that's right. So, what I think is really kind of funny is you'll hear the story in a second from Andy, but there were four people that had the opportunity to have something that came to Andy that just chose not to answer their phone. So there's some pretty gut, gut kicking messages in this whole process too. So Andy, I'm going to turn it over to you because I think your story is better coming from you. If you were to kind of start us out from your new home world and kind of bring us up to today, we'd love to hear from you. So Andy Simmons, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys. I'm happy to be here. So hi everybody. Um, well, my story is uh, long over 15 years, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I started with new homes at us home and they got bought by Lennar. And uh, I did three months shadowing, uh, strongly believe, believe on, you know, learning um, the right way from scratch. And I could not wait to go on my own because I felt like I was ready from day one. But they still made me shadow another agent. And um, when I finally went on my own, I remember going into a community in Wesley Chapel and the phone rang and a client uh, said, hey, do you still have this home available? I said, yes, coming in. That day I saw my first home on day one and I was hooked. From that moment in on, I knew I was born to do this. I just this love it. Easy. I love helping people. <laughs> <laughs> but not just easy. I love helping people with the family and, you know, seeing the kids running around and it was just fun. Um, so fast forward, I did five years with uh, Lenar and I decided, you know what? I have two small children. I cannot work every weekend like this eight hours 10 hours because you know people think that is all fun and it is but you work long hours um so i decided to go on the general well, let's stop for a second there so like for the most five years you sold what 30 40 houses a year uh more like 80 to 100 80 to 100 a year so when you got into general real estate you had a database of four or five hundred people homes you sold yes 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 um there was one year i remember because it was through the up uh, you know, the, the, the boom the ended down. So I started 2005, that boom only lasted a year and a half because it was, I started um, no, uh, November, December, 2005. So really 2006 and seven, and then it crashed. Um, they adjusted pricing and we kept on selling. So I, I remember one year during the boom, that was one month that I sold 27 homes in one month. And I, it was crazy. Like it was just people coming in and just, you know, selling. And I remember that month I, I was just always at work. I lived at work. So I love working. That's the bottom line. I, I love, we're helping people, but 
when I decided to leave, it was because I had another baby at home and I just couldn't do the, the long distance. At that time, I had um, a community in Lakeland and I just couldn't, you know, drive two hours oh. and then Andy, I, on for that long. I have a question. So when you got your license, what prompt, what was the decision? What was the decisive factor to start in new homes compared to going and aligning with a brokerage? Um, like you later did, what was that, what caused you to make that decision? You know, um, I didn't know anybody at the business. Um, actually, I interviewed with one of our own agents now. She was a VP in sales. Uh, her name is Gwen. I'm sure you guys know her. Um, she interviewed me and this other uh, gentleman, and he didn't want to hire me, and she did, right? And then I went to the next level. Um, but I didn't know anything about real estate, and I thought, you know, I bought my first home from Lenar and that was a great experience. And I thought, you know, why not go? I knew that I like real estate, but I didn't know enough of the world of real estate to decide new home versus general. So I thought it would be easier because I was more familiar with the new home process. So that's all. It wasn't, it wasn't a, I'm going to, you know, try it out and see how it goes. I actually made the commitment for five years and, you know, it's, it was a good start for me because um, it gave me the, when I went into general, it gave me the, the platform to have all of those clients already that I started calling and saying, hey, now I'm in general. If you want to sell your home or if you know anybody looking to buy, please think of me. And so I immediately made that relationship and we're in the relationship business. We just happen to sell homes, right? So we all know this. And with you know real estate as a as an avenue um you have this clients for life if you if you do build those relationships and you know i i'm a i'll go in person talkative so i build those relationships and i stay in contact probably i should stay more in contact but i check with them and you know it's just, it's, it's, it's that kind of relationship that makes them think of you later because they had a good experience and they know how you made them feel. It sounds so basic, but so few agents actually do that. Yeah. I just tell yeah. So I was reaching out to our top agents one day when we all got locked down and Andy, of course, is one that I called and I said, what are you up to? Are you doing okay? And we're neighbors. I can actually almost see Andy's house from here. And I said, what are you up to? And she says, I'm busy. I'm just reaching out to all my past clients and just checking on them all. I said, are you phoning or texting? I'm doing both. They want to talk. They want to talk. And they're saying if they need any help. And that's just the way she is. So how many of the times did we tell our agents, reach out to all your database and just see how they're doing and how many actually did it? The difference is she actually does it consistently. Yeah, well, her, she has the intent to help, right? And this is the common theme amongst all of our top agents is that intent is not a transaction. The intent is to help. And she has that, and that's what separates her and, and our other top agents from everyone else, 100%. She also has a, a business-minded background. You've got a bachelor's degree, right, in, in business. And, and I have a marketing degree, too. Um, but, you know, when I went to school for marketing, it was an AA. It's not a bachelor's. But marketing looked different. We didn't even have the internet back then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so newspapers and magazines. <laughs> right? I don't know that I actually use that. But, but then you went yeah. to Lennar, who is, who is absolutely known as a great sales organization. And so yeah. I think that the culture just became 
get leads, follow up, get leads, follow up. And you had some accountability and it became second nature for you too. So when you made that transition five years later, it was just natural, get leads, follow up. And I think Mm -hmm. the big distinction a lot of agents don't know the difference is new home is pretty much inbound sales, right? You get get a lot of practice of people walking in, you get to learn how to communicate and deal with people and learn their personality styles and know how to relate to them and build those relationships like you're talking about. And in general, you've got to go hunt your own people to to do that with. That's a big, big difference. And the trade-off is you can have a life in real estate if you do it right. And new homes, you have no life because you're there for an inbound nonstop role. So that's the the two different worlds. And and they both have their place and time. And it served you well. But then you were able to leverage that and come over here. And a lot of people don't understand, uh, just to your point, that when you go into general, you know, it's not that, oh, I'm free. I'm not going to work anymore because it is easy to be lazy. It is easy not to do anything. And that's the big mistake that people don't understand. Now you have to go out and make relationships. However you do it, whatever you know, avenue you use, that's on you. I choose now to you know, do networking. So I go to a lot of parties. I talk to a lot of people. You know, I do it that way because I no longer have to door knock. But when I went into general, I went door knocking. I went all over Summerfield. I went, I couldn't do it in my community because it's not allowed, but you know, and I was afraid. I was, I was literally shaking. I remember my first time, but I did it and I left flyers for the people that didn't answer. And I, you know, had encounter nasty people that I just used in my head. I call myself to, you know, law of averages. You got to get to all the no's to get to the one yes you need. Law of averages. It's just the way it works. That's awesome. So, so 2011, you come into the business, you're building it from the ground up. You've got a little bit of repeat referral from your five years of building relationships, uh, but you're making that transition. So 2011 was decent. 2012 was good. How would you describe your first couple of years before we had some pretty cool event? But the first couple, how would you describe that transition? So first, uh, before I went with you guys, which is the reason why I learned how important it is to be with a bigger organization. Um, I went with Charles Rotenberg for six months. And I don't think you guys know this, but I went um, from 2011, I don't know, six months, fast forward to whenever I, I, you know, joining with you guys. It was terrible. I had to enter my own MLSs. I only did one listing. It sucked. (laughs) It It was so terrible because I did not know what I was doing and I had no guidance. And going into general with zero guidance is scary. It's more scary than anything else because you just lost. So um, I met, you know, Bill and uh, he recruited me. And that's when my business really started going on and started attending the meetings and learning what to do and learn, you know, what I need to do, door knocking. I need to send a couple of flyers out. I need to, you know, you know, post things. And it started little by little. And I did really well considering my first year, because I came from the background of Lennar, considering my first year in general, um, I did, I thought I did really good. I think I did like 30 transactions or something like that. But um, yeah. And uh, well, that's fantastic for a first year. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then um, I got, you know, blessed with, uh, a client that was an institutional investor, American Fund for Rent at the time. And at the end of 2012, 
I started with them, did a couple hundred transactions, and then half of 2013, yeah, half of 2013, about 400 and change. And so life changed after that because, you know, I was working around the clock again, but I built a team. I had two assistants. I had eight agents at one point, realtors working with me to find more, more homes. And we had a different way of doing real estate during that one year, breaking down into two, because we had to do performance and we had to do analysis and we had to go see the homes. We had to calculate repairs and we had to. So it taught me a different part of the business that I still use to right now. I still talk to investors smaller, you know, that want to buy a few homes. And I say to them, I have a crew that can do painting and, you know, all of this stuff for this amount of money. I know all the pricing. I know what the homes can rent for because I know how to find them. I know what, you know, because these type of investors were looking to rent the homes, not flip them. Um, and, it, and even with flips, I can, you know. Well, I think we need to call out too. You know, you closed like 600 homes in total with them. But how many homes did you present to them that they didn't buy? Wait, I got to hit the pause button here because you can't just jump into 400, 600 <laughs> transactions without with the people watching going, wait, 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 wait a second. We went from new homes <laughs> to door knocking to 30 deals to doing a million for four right, right, missions. Right. We missed something. So there's a phone call. I mean, how did you even come in? How did, the, how did that, you know, that's be there or be good, right? And when you can combine those two things, beautiful things happen. So how did you even get in touch with this deal? Let's, so, let's take everybody back to that day. All right. So this right here. People are afraid of their phone when they have to answer it, apparently. If you're in real estate, you have to answer your phone. That's it, right? <laughs> Simple. I answered a call, and it was a um, potential client. Well, a representative of the potential client, um, a realtor that was representing this client in a different city. And he said, we need somebody local. What, you know, what's your experience, and what do you know about the area? And then I, you know, told him all about me and what I know about the area. He flew in the next day. Um, and then I put him on my car and drove him all around and explained everything. So all of that background did help me. And, you know, being a new agent, um, a lot of times say, well, I have nothing to do. Well, go visit inventory, go to caravans, go to builders and check out communities because all of that's knowledge and when you're, you know, you don't think you're learning, but you are. When you have that in the back of your mind and somebody asks you about it, now you can say it easy. Now you can say, yep, I visited this community. It's awesome. Or yeah, this community is not going to work because it has a big CDD. Or, you know, if you're payment sensitive or any, any situation, even as a new person, you can use what you got now to help you for your future. And that's it. You just got to prepare yourself. So all of my back and my, my experience helped me with that phone call because I built a relationship and that's what matters with real estate, you know, building a relationship, making the client uh, feel comfortable with you and then finding them what they need. And at that time it was investment homes that worked for their criteria. Um, you know, they had to be certain year, they had to be certain size, they had to have, you know, um, certain return on investment um, as far as, you know, the, the percentage that they were looking for. And so, you know, putting all of that together, that's how I got that one client. And then after that was done, um, Craig calls me one day and say, hey, 
I have a connection with uh, invitation homes. You want to, you know, go meet with them. So we go meet with them. And we had that client for a small period of time because they had like five or 10 other realtors that they were doing the same um, until they changed their criteria. And so, you know, we had uh, several opportunities with different clients after that because of that one phone call. I want to I wanna touch on this real quick, though, because I think this is an important thing that would have stopped a lot of people or at least made, been a major disruption to them. So you get this amazing client, you're doing all these transactions, you're making a, an insane amount of money through this process, and then one day it just stops, right? You get that right. call that says, you know what? We don't need agents anymore. We're done. Thanks. What was that like, and how did you you know, and, and be real, right? I'm sure that was a, not the best day you've ever had. Um, so actually, what, how did you come <laughs> out of, on the other side of that? Because that is something that a lot of agents, maybe not at that scale, but they go through, right? They get an investor yep. client or they, they get rolling and then all of a sudden, bam, they get smacked in the face and then they stop because they don't know how to push through it. So I'd love to get your thoughts on how you did that. Yeah, so thank you for asking that question, Mike, because um, I remember I was sitting at a local restaurant, Circles, with my whole team. I had my two assistants and six agents at the time, and I got the call, and it w just came out of nowhere, and I had to hang up the phone and tell all my team that the client is gone away. Like, that's it. As of right now, we no longer represent Americans home for rent. And everybody was a little bit in shock. And you know, people were like, Oh, my goodness. But the good news is, is that all of us were realtors and have been realtors, and we could go back to normal. Now this client blessed a lot of people, not just me. Um, but from that moment and on, after I delivered the bad news, and I had to let go of one assistant, um, you know, because it is what it is, I went back to the basics. And the basics is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because it will never let you down. If you go back to the basics every time, you will be successful. I love that. And for that's just a, such a cool story. I could only imagine what the um, what the order changed. Right? You went from having a nice lunch to uh, three rounds of tequila, please. <laughs> Now we finished having the lunch. We didn't drink. It was still lunch. We had to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. really Should to have work. been happy hour. <laughs> yeah, really go back to back to work for sure. So what I think is interesting about what you've been able to do is let alone be able to knock down a million foreign commissions in a calendar year, which is unlike what most people ever ever do, right? Which is fantastic and really handle it well. And then be humble and real enough to know, hey, party's over. Let me go create another party. But what was interesting about that is you got to create another party and you went from, I mean, you were number three real estate agent, all of century 21, the entire country, grand centurion, the top, top accolades in the entire country flying high on the world and by everybody's definition, amazing success. And then you got to define what success is for you again. And then if I look at your lifestyle now as it's, it's inspiring to many and it's probably surprising to some because you're doing a tremendous, how many deals do you think you'll end up doing this, this calendar year? So I do about between 55 and 60 transactions every year. Yep. Um, even after that client went away. Um, so, so fast forward or back up to 2013, 
finish the year going back to general. So let's say 2014, which is no, no investor. Um, I still did, you know, 55 to 60 transaction. And I decided that moment that I was going to own or not own, but, but infiltrate the luxury market. Because if I wanted to make more money and not work harder, I needed to have more friends with million dollar homes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically what happened then is, is that 2014, um, you know, I moved into my new home in 2013. In 2014, I decided, you know what, this is what I'm going to focus on. And I think my first million dollar listing was 20, well, not first million dollar listing, my first connection to a million dollar listing because it took three years of following up and being after them to get it. And then I didn't sell it until like two years later. Um, I think it was 2015. Um, and then it started, you know, from them 20, 2016, 2017. And so every year I do a little bit more um, higher transactions or higher dollar amount of homes. Yep. But my main butter was always at 200 to 300,000 because that's where I came from. So I had to learn and, you know, slowly graduate to the million dollar to, you know, get infiltrate that market. And those don't come easy. They don't sell as fast as the $200 or $200,000 ones. They sell, you know, sometimes they take a year because not a lot of people can afford a million dollar homes, right? Well, some of the things you did, Andy, you know, like I said, you, we live in the same neighborhood. Andy moved into the neighborhood and then she got involved in the neighborhood. Yes. And you appeared on committees and she actually yes. treated it like a farm. I became literally, I went to my first meeting, my first, um, you know, community uh, HOA meeting. And at that meeting, and it was like, I don't know, the first month I lived there. And the first meeting they said, um, you know, they go start going down the committees and we need somebody for the youth social. And I go, I have two little kids. I'm perfect. <laughs> so I volunteer. <laughs> and then I started doing parties. Who doesn't like parties? Right. So I was in the fun committees. Um, so I did all of the, the um, egg hunt parties for Easter, the Christmas party the decoration. I did all of the Halloween parties. So I organized and my kids at the time, Gabby was eight when we moved here. Um, yeah, and Jasmine was two or three, and it was perfect. So now this past year, I just gave up that committee because now I have a 16-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they don't want to do egg hunting anymore. So, <laughs> so I had to get involved in a different committee, but that's how I plugged in and got to know a lot of people real quick. Um, and, you know, I always tell, you know, uh, new clients, hey, I mean, not new clients, new realtors, um, they ask me, hey, what, what, you know, what can I do to – to, um, you know, network more. I said, uh, start with your community, you know, get involved with, you know, what's going on with the community, volunteer. You know, when you give, it, it's just the law of nature. When you give, you receive. Not because it's your intention to just get things or get, but because you're given. And when you give your time, when you give, even money comes back to you. When you give energy and effort and love, it, everything comes back to you. So that's my philosophy in life. And, you know, it, it turned out to be true. That's awesome. Now, 55, 60 transaction, I mean, you're firmly in top half of 1% of all million plus agents in the country consistently year over year, year after year. And it's, it's an amazing thing. What I think is interesting is that you easily, right, could do 100. 
if you wanted to. But you've made some cool decisions and really good definition of what does happiness mean for you and your husband and your family and your whole lifestyle. And I think you made some pretty cool choices. So what, what is happiness for the Simmons family now? Like what, how did that shift? Cause instead of doing a hundred deals, you decided to do 55, 60 cause that allows you affords a cool lifestyle. So what is happiness to you guys now? So we love um, to travel and um, I, you know, quality time is my thing cause every routine gets on the way of sometimes quality time because you're Russian, right? So with having kids, they're, you know, doing volleyball, they're doing, you know, gymnastics, they're, you know, here and there, and you're dropping off, picking up, and, you know, you, you gotta, and you do laundry and cook, and, you know, you have a life, right? So I love taking time to explore new places, and I involve my, my girls. So now they develop the love for travel. And it doesn't have to be expensive vacations. Some of them are, but it doesn't always, you know, have to be. Um, sometimes it's just you know, about going to visit family. Sometimes it's just going to a new place we've never been and hiking or, you know, Europe. I took them to Europe last year um, twice and it was their first time. But um, travel is my way of, you know, building, forcing quality time that everybody enjoys. And I try to do it as often as possible um, because, you know, at home, don't get me wrong, we have a great lifestyle. We have a pool, we live on the water, we take our boat out every time we can, um, you know, but it's still home, right? So you take some things for granted, even though you have an awesome home, we're not necessarily homebodies. We like to be out and about. So this is how we do it. We take our jet skis out and, you know, we spend the day um, having fun outside. And, you know, it's, it's how we like to live our lives different. Excuse me I mean, one second. Jasmine, don't do that. Thank you, baby. I'm on the phone. Sorry. I don't do that. Let's see you later. From something the other day, a couple months ago, and I didn't know, you know, I'm not a Facebook guy, so I don't, but she posts her whole life on Facebook, apparently. But I didn't know. But <laughs> I, I called her, and I felt really bad because she was in Switzerland. And what is it, a six-hour okay. time change? It's I like, answer my phone. <laughs> she answered her phone. That was my key. So I don't want you to think, well, she's taken off, but there, as a realtor, you really don't ever take off. Right. No, you don't. I work from everywhere. And that client, by the way, uh, took a while to close, but they were so happy. And, um, you know, they, even though I was in Switzerland, when I called them, they're like, appreciated the fact that, you know what, I'm going to just work with you because you're taking time from your vacation to answer the phone for me. So right. they it felt special. Wrong. It yeah. was wrong. But I think, I think the point that Jeff is making with all this too is, is a very important one. So I want to stress that even more. Andy has decided, and this is important for everyone who's watching, you have got to figure out what makes you happy. You've right. got to do that, right? And then if it truly does make you happy, be prepared to make sacrifice to keep that part of your life, right? To Jeff's point, if a client called her right now and said, Hey, I want you to go do this, but it's going to mean that she can't travel for the next two years because she's going to be running, you know, to the, to her end wits to get it all done. She has the option to say yes, but knowing Andy, she's probably going to say mm, no, or let me get a team to help because I'm not willing to sacrifice giving up that travel and giving up that family time for the money. Right. And that's because she knows what makes her happy. 
and she's going to stick to that. And that ultimately is what's going to keep her going. Because if she goes, if you continue to do things just for the money and it's, and you end up sacrificing the things that actually give you joy and make you happy, you're going to burn yourself out. You're not going to last. You may be able to be successful in the short term financially, but long term, it's not going to play out well or end well. So I think that's a really important point. You've got to figure out what makes you happy. Andy knows, hey, these things make me happy. Here's the level of income I need to be able to do those things. And so I'm going to make sure that I do what I need to do to get that. But there's no real need for me to go push more because at the end of the day, I may be able to do 100 transactions, make a little bit more money, but that means that's one less trip to Europe. That's not worth it. Nope, no thank you. Right? And that ability to have the, the ability to say that means everything. And so I think that's a really important point that I want to make sure we get across to everyone listening. And Mike, let me, let me add on to that because I, I think that's really the, the, the biggest issue here. And I think what, what's the evolution and Andy, in your world, is you guys know what it costs you to live, the lifestyle that you want. And I think the goal now, from what I know from talking with you and from, from Thomas, is you're making other investments along the way that spin off mm-hmm. cash flows. You have some investment properties now, right? Yeah, well, recently we sold them because we're deciding on doing other things. But yes, we did for the longest. Okay, but so that was an asset that you created for both mm-hmm. the income that you had that spun off assets. And now you're sitting on cash to be able to reinvest that to something else. And the, the reason you want to go do that is to ultimately have your passive investments spin off enough cash flow to support your lifestyle, right? And so right. every time you do another year of 60 transactions, that's a seriously nice income level. And then, so you don't need all of that to live. So you have a chunk of that you can put down on another investment or, or to sit on cash to have dry powder to take advantage of an opportunity that comes. So you can get to the point where um, passive income will come in to support yourself. So I know that is one of the major goals that I want to remind everybody of is once you get there, then this, the pressure is off on a dramatic level. And that if a coronavirus comes in and knocks out the industry for nine months, you're okay. You're not going to stress. Right? Yeah. You're and to your, yeah. To your point, um, you know, I do want to add one thing. I, I love what I do so much that I can see myself doing this until I die. Like I, there's no retirement. There is slowing down. Yeah. But you do work and, make, you know, make money to support your happiness. Yes, absolutely. But even when I'm gone, it gives me more fuel to come back and work again because I've taken a break. And that's the thing, the beautiful thing about, you know, loving what you do is, is that you see yourself doing this forever. You could do it forever. And then the longer you're in it, the easier it becomes. And that's been my experience. Now people call me. Now I don't have to do door knocking. Now I don't have to do you know, um, you know, farming and I don't know, 10 places. I narrowed it down to just two or three. Um, now I don't have to call, call anybody. I can just touch base with people and they'll refer me clients. Like it's, it's easier the longer you're in it. And I don't want to say you get lazy by any means, but it's like, you know, being a pilot, for example, when you start flying an Airbus, it flies itself. Like literally I have friends that are flying million dollar jets that saying it makes a great pilot lazy, 
or it makes it good, makes them good because you don't have to do anything, just manage the situation. Well, that's what's come with years of experience and training, right? So you can get there eventually. Everybody can get there eventually, but you cannot be lazy from the beginning and expect things to be, you know, coming to you. Oh, I'm in real estate now. Everybody calls me. No, you have to work from the beginning and then it becomes easier. And it's not just a pretty, a pretty Instagram post. It, it involves getting tired, banging on doors and working to build your tribe. I mean, you've got a tribe of people that know you, trust you, like you. And now they're, you've become the knowledge broker. You own real estate in their brain. Mm. And so anytime real estate circulates around them, your face pops up and you get the text message right. or the phone call. Correct. And, you uh, become the people, expert. Yeah, but people right. forgot about you were banging doors. You were mm-hmm. making calls, you were door knocking Fizbo's, you were hitting expires mm-hmm. to grow your business, to grow your sphere, to get mm-hmm. somebody to do a good job for. So they said, great job, here's a testimonial that you leverage for the next one, for the next one, for the next one, for the next one. So guys, got to keep pushing. Craig, you got a great analogy from your rocket ship. It's a good segue into that. Yeah, when a rocket ship takes off from a launch pad, it expends more energy getting into the atmosphere than it does while it's circling around the orbit. So you can't take that for granted. She expended a lot of energy to get her career off the ground. And now she's shed the fuel cans and she's in orbit. And you know, she's still consuming energy, but it's a lot less fuel burn, right? Mm-hmm. A lot less fuel. So now I can travel more often and do a yep. lot less work. And it makes, makes it, you know, make it look easy because I've done all my network. Absolutely. But and she didn't get lazy. She's still staying in touch with her past clients. She's still, I'm not worried about driving by a house that Andy sold five years ago and seeing a competitor sign in that yard. Unless I didn't like the client, which has happened once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know, some people. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. Well, you also do get the luxury of being choosy, right? You, you could mm-hmm. say no and refer to, you know what? I would really love to work with you, but I'm busy. Let me refer you to my, my teammate. He's really good in that neighborhood. A nice way of saying, I don't want you. Done that a lot. <laughs> so you keep it choosy. Well, I think this is extremely valuable and awesome information. And I think those who are watching this one are going to get quite a lot of nuggets out of it. So well, I wrote down four nuggets that I think just for the sake of repeating. I think number one, as we started talking, was you have to really sincerely have a desire to help and check. Mark, Andy checks that box. Two, you really have to answer your phone. And it's so silly because I've, I've called a lot of agents in the last couple of weeks and it's amazing how many don't answer the phone. It, it just is. The third I wrote down is you really have to have market knowledge. You can't fake this stuff, right? If she was doing that tour around Tampa Bay and didn't know about West Chase and South Tampa and the school districts and all that stuff from her experience that she gained working for Lenar for five years and moving around from community to community, you've got to have market. This is the, the basics you have to have. The fourth thing is, um, community involvement, you know, really make, put yourself out there. And you've got all these, we call them pillars, you know, do you work for sale by owners or expired listings much? Andy? I don't No, I don't. Cause I don't have the need and they're, I don't want to call them hotter sales, but because of the way that I built my business, I don't have the need to do that. Right. And um, you don't have to do every facet of what we do. Yeah. But, but I have gone to Mike Ferry, um, uh, training for the weekend in Palm Beach and I, you know, get a, a list of you know, a thousand and start call calling people. And actually one of the one one of the million dollar listings was me following up during that seminar that, you know, forced me to call them because I had almost forgotten about it. 
because it's been so long. Um, but yes, going back to the basics, that's one of my basics is, you know, picking up the phone. So, <clears throat> excuse me, now that the market, um, let's say it comes to a halt, and I'm not saying that it will because I'm super positive. I got five listings went live this week and, you know, people, are, my phone is ringing, so people are calling. So I think it's going to be a good thing when everything gets reopened, we're going to be extremely busy. Mm-hmm. But going back to the basic is if everything went to go to a halt, that's one of my basics. I go and start calling people. And, you know, if I have to call expires, I will. If I have to call um, uh, for sale by owners or knock on the door, I will. I'm not afraid of doing that if I had to. To well, me, that's, that's the separation, though. That's the separation for me. And I agree with those nuggets you wrote down, Craig. But to me, that right there is the biggest de- definition of success compared to somebody else because it's the process. Andy loves the process from the moment she got out. Do you know how many people go into new home sales and follow a similar track that come out and don't do what you've done because they don't love the process. You came out, you got to work. Then you have this amazing partnership. It goes away and you go right back to the basics as you call them. I call it the process because you're, you, if you love the process, you're going to go right back to it and you're going to follow it because that's what you do and you love the game. If you're doing this because of dollars, you would have been so overwhelmed that that 1.4 million in commission just went away that you would, you probably would have been out of the business. Most people would have been out of the business because they don't love the process. They don't love the game. You just say, eh, all right, time to go back to doing what I was doing before. And you Next. wouldn't have done that if you didn't love it. Well, so a- that, that to me is a huge thing. It's also, I think the word we use is grit, but I remember Andy, we went to, we, we were a big Mike Ferry sponsorship people and I, you came with us to a Mike Ferry event and then you signed up for Mike Ferry coaching. I thought that was really interesting because here you are super successful, making a bunch of money, but you went and hired Mike Ferry to coach you when times got bad. How was that yeah, experience? And, I, and it was great at the time. I did it for a year because you do a year contract and um, you know, sometimes people go through, and I know this is true for me, you go through life and you got lows and you got highs, right? When you're on your high, you're fine. You're you know, great. But when you're in your low, like when I lost my client, for example, you have to do something to help you get re-motivated, you know, re-pushed you know, pushed because otherwise you just get have the... Um, you know, the possibility or not the possibility. That's not where I'm looking for. But but yeah, but you could stay there and get stuck and get depressed and be like, oh, what am I going to do next? (laughs) So, right. So that was one of my ways. Every time I go through, you know, a low or I see myself coming down from something, I book something. I mean, I've gone to, you know, um, (laughs) They unleash power within three times. Why do I keep going with, you know, because it gets me pumped every time. And why do I keep doing Mike Ferries? I've done that like five times because it gets me re-engaged and re-excited. And every time you go to a place to learn something or uh, a new seminar or anything, even if you heard it before, you're in a different stage in life and you get something new out of it. So in my opinion, I mean, I just turned 40 years old. And I started at 25. I'm a different Andy. 
from when I was 25. So imagine if I rely on only my knowledge and my maturity level and my experience from when I was 25. It's, it, you just change as a person. Yeah. That's it's a great point. Shout out to us. I told all the managers about my careers management thing next week. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not paying for it. And everybody said they want to go anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we do the same thing. You know, we've got to deal with different changes coming up. And what are we going to do? So you seek outside. And that's what everybody who's watching this podcast is doing too. So I hope we give you all some good nuggets today. You find a tribe. Find a tribe that you're going to work with and then that you're going to work around too and your business partners and make sure you guys have alignment. And then there's really nothing to stop you along the way. Well, here's a risky question. Jonathan could edit out later if he doesn't like it. Andy, (laughs) you generate your own business now, right? Yes. You don't really take much from the company, but you still work for the company. What keeps you here versus going to a 100% shop like there's so many out there right now? Same reason I came to begin with. Remember, I went to Charles Rottenberg for like a six-month period of time, and I thought that was hell. It was. When you have no support. (laughs) When you have no support and you don't come with a a big organization, a Century 21, um, it changes everything. It changes your environment. And therefore, you're confident. And I'm a very confident person. But having Century 21 behind me, it gives me an extra boost. Nobody's bigger than Century 21. Who? Nobody. So I have, it's like being a, with, with a Fortune 500 company, with, you know, Lennar versus, you know, a rinky-dinky builder. I mean, you have a lot more. Um, power behind you if you need it. Power behind you, Exactly. And you don't need it at all times, but when you need it, no, you need it. <laughs> you play the card when you and, need it. And you know what? I like the perks. I like the conventions and, you know, the extra traveling with the company or, you know, the, the, the group meetings and the, you know, uh, podcasts or the training. And, you know, when I watch the Tuesday meeting uh, on Tuesday at 1130 p.m. through Facebook. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, but, you know, that's that's how I got to do it. I loved it. I loved it. Everybody in my household was quiet and I put on my Facebook or, you know, my, my, the podcast and I listened to it. That's how I knew I, we had a mandatory um, 18 meeting for Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel good because here's our top <laughs> agent. Top <laughs> agent of the whole company paying attention and attending a sales meeting. No, what, what, um, I knew about it, but I forgot about it. Put it that way. <laughs> Right. So it reminded me, oops, yeah, I got to do that tomorrow morning. Right. So point is, is that, you know, it's, it's good to have all of this support and, and, and tools. Um, and if you're not using it and you're a brand new agent, um, you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, you guys are only here to help us be successful. And I don't call you, you know, all the time, you know this, but when I need you, I know you're there. Right. And, you know, when I text you, you answer. And, you know, if I have an issue, a legal issue, you tell me where to go. Like, I think that's valuable to me. And I think that's important. All right. So last nugget for those who are watching, how would you summarize those who are kind of struggling a little bit, haven't been able to get over the hump? What advice do you have for those agents that are struggling to get to the next level? Uh, Well, first, find out what the next level is for you. What does that mean? Um, because it's kind of like the goal, right? If you don't know where you're going, you don't know how, where to aim to. So find out what that means to you and work. I mean, you have to work. You cannot be lazy and you have to, even if you don't know how, like I said, I was trembling the first time I went door knocking. 
I was. I was like, oh, what if something happens to me? But then cancel that thought. Think of a new one, right? Like just manage your own brain, anxieties, whatever you want to call it. You can conquer it if you, you know, talk to yourself, give yourself a pep talk. And you know what? I'm going to do this and get over it. Get over yourself. Go do it. That's the bottom line. Most people don't do it. They don't do it. That's perfect. Perfect. Well, Andy, thank you very much for taking the time with us today. I know you're super, super busy and you're an inspiration to many agents and we're very proud to have you on the team. And um, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Hey, are you going to do the um, canal sing along this weekend? Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Everybody's safe in their boat. Uh-huh. And we're all singing, and I cannot sing. I tell you that I cannot sing, but I'm still singing. You just turn the volume up and blast it, and people on their docks throwing stuff. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> another way of networking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, upload the video into the Apollo. I uploaded the video into the Apollo Canal, and then other people share it. So yeah, hey, people saying I saw you on the boat. How did you see me? Because Bandy posted the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching and um, thank you for your time again. And you guys have a wonderful day and see you guys soon. Peace. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.